I'm Jenny Carlson. I'm Barry Trammell. Welcome to the Jenny and Barry Show. The Cowboys are headed to Arlington with a double overtime come from behind win against BYU. OSU punched its ticket for the Big 12 championship game last Saturday. Now Texas awaits and we'll talk about the Longhorns and the matchup as well as that crazy game against the Cougars. Seems like the Cowboys have had lots of crazy games here lately. But first, a word of thanks to these sponsors for supporting the Jenny and Barry Show. The Oklahoma Ford Dealers Association, MidFirst Bank, Next Gen Roofing, Two Fellows Movers, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, 988, Oklahoma's Mental Health Lifeline. Drive into your best in Oklahoma Ford dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. And let's face it, a box of pizza and a case of beer just don't work like they used to when you're trying to move. Nobody wants to help you move, but we know two fellows that love moving. At Two Fellows Moving Company, we offer free, no-strings quotes for your move. With more than 20 years' experience, we've pretty much moved it all. Our services don't end up moving either. Need to do some remodeling or spring cleaning? We have you covered with dumpster rentals and junk haul services. Remember, quotes are free, and there are no strings attached. If you're moving in Oklahoma, make sure to call the fellas. Visit twofellas.com for your free quote today. All right, Barry, before we get to the Big 12 game, Let's rewind a second. Cowboys fall behind 24 to 6 against BYU at halftime. What are we going to do with these cardiac Cowboys? I don't I don't know what to do with them. I mean, this is just they they're one of the most schizophrenic football teams I've ever seen. Uh, they go 7 and 2 in the Big 12 Conference, which is an exemplary season, and yet they piddle around with bad teams. They get blown out by uh, by mediocre teams, and yet here they're playing for a trip to the Fiesta Bowl or the Cotton Bowl. So I don't know. I have to give it up to our colleague, Garen Emig. Garen uh, did not give, um, give up on them at halftime. Garen said they're going to come back. He didn't even boast about it. He just he just sat there and said, uh, you know, they'll come back. I Barry, said, Barry you, yeah. you, you gave Marie Osmond an exclamation mark singing the national anthem at BYU. Did you give Garen an exclamation mark after his prediction was correct? I told him, if the Cowboys come back and win this game, I'm going to refer to him the way George Costanza referred to Kramer after he foiled the robbery on the, uh, on the uh, city bus. You're Batman. You're Batman. <laughs> so after the game, I looked at Garen. I said, you're Batman. Ollie Gordon scored. Uh, I know Trey, the game ended with Trey Rucker. That's right. Trey Rucker's fumble. I said, you're Batman. I mean, it's nuts. Um, but uh, I applaud if If you have faith in the Cowboys, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, much de- uh, deserving of praise for you because they're just so I, – I don't know what Cowboy fans do. You're going, I don't know what OU fans did Saturday night. They had to be going through the ringer. So it's just, it's just wild. But kudos to Mike Gundy. Kudos to this team. For some reason, somehow, they get things done. You know, you do the efficiency rankings, Barry, and if people aren't checking those out every week, they should. But the efficiency rankings indicate there's no way that Oklahoma State should be in the Big 12 title game. Now, part of it has got to be those two blowout losses to South Alabama and then to UCF. They totally skewed the Cowboys because if you look at it, especially defensively, well, really offensively too. They don't have a team statistically 
that should be in this position. And yet they have found ways to win when they needed to, never more so than Saturday against BYU. Just an unbelievable turnaround from a team that looked a lot like the same team that we saw in the first half against South Alabama. I mean, that team against BYU looked uninspired, uninterested, incapable of mounting a comeback. But double overtime, they get it done. And now we've got a turnaround for the ages because, Barry, back in September, you and I, we're, we're looking, we're trying to find wins on the Cowboys' schedule after that loss to South Alabama. Not just can they get to Arlington, can they get to any bowl? Can they figure out a way to win six games? So put this in context. How remarkable is it that Oklahoma State is playing for a Big 12 championship? Well, it is crazy. You're right. I mean, OSU's been to 17 straight bowl games. 17 straight years, been to a bowl game. I think uh, they're, in the top, they're in the top five nationally on that list. And yet, after, uh, after September, they're two and two. We didn't see it. We didn't see where it was possible. We thought maybe you can scratch out four wins somehow, I guess. Maybe get to the Independence Bowl. And yet here they are. They're in Jerry World, playing for either another trip to Jerry World or to the Fiesta Bowl. Crazy, crazy. Um, I have to, you know, this is a word that Mike Gundy, he's taken to using this word all the time now. And I guess we have to, we have to just acquiesce and say he's right. They've, they've established a great culture. They don't quit when they're down. They don't uh, point fingers. You know, they've, uh, you can count them out of a game and you can count them out of a season. We've done both multiple times. And yet here they come back. So um, remarkable. I don't, I don't see how they can uh, beat Texas in terms of the matchup. It's not a great matchup for the Cowboys, but you can't count them out just because they seem to have the intestinal fortitude to never give up. Yeah, it is remarkable. And, you know, they had every reason to, you know, lay down after South Alabama. They, they didn't just let, – let's rewind a second. They didn't just get beat in that game. They got dominated. 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 And they, dominated. They, Dominated physically, Barry, up yeah. front in in places where you don't get dominated by an FCS team. If you're a legitimate Power Five, Power Five team, that it's still shocking to me what I saw that day against South Alabama. That we're talking about the same team, but they figured out a way to get this turned around. And I agree, this is not a great matchup against Texas, but. You know, do we doubt them at our own peril at this point? I mean, I I thought for sure that you know they might they might make it close against BYU. They might make it a single score game before it's all over with. There was I thought there was no way they're taking a lead in this game. Defense forces six consecutive punts, including four three and outs to start the second half. They allow what two first downs until the uh, the last drive right. for BYU. Yep. I mean, and the offense figures out a way to get Ollie Gordon going, to throw it enough to make a difference. It's just, it's a remarkable, as, as you know, sort of head-scratching as last year's downturn was for Oklahoma State. I mean, remember, they're top 10 after they beat Texas, which we got to talk about those guys here in a second. But after they beat Texas, they're a top 10 team, and they just scuttle to a rocky finish 
We got, we sort of understood why because Spencer Sanders was hurt, but this, this elevation, uh, it's to me, it's more, it's more uh, surprising. I don't know what you think, but I think it's more surprising the way that they've taken off this year as opposed to the way that they fell last year. Well, yeah, and for one reason, we can sort of point to the reasons, right? Yeah. Um, for the fall last year, there were a lot of injuries. Offensive line got decimated. Spencer Sanders was banged up, didn't practice much. Um, by the end of the year, we knew there were some internal problems. We don't really know outside of Ollie Gordon going all superstar. We don't really, there's no, there's no thing you can really point to for a turnaround on that. And albeit that's a big turnaround, uh, settling on a quarterback, finding a superstar tailback that generally will uh, point your uh, arrow up. But, uh, you know, going back to that South Alabama game, the thing that alarmed me was if you didn't know any of the uniforms or any of the, of the names and you were just a football aficionado and you walked in and somebody said one of these you know one of these teams is a is a higher higher level of football one's in a power conference one's in the sun belt conference you'd say well of course they are that this this team that says south alabama they they're the higher powered team and yet from there the cowboys have beaten kansas state they've beaten oklahoma they've beaten kansas west virginia beat some really good teams so um it's it's a it's a crazy it's a crazy uh, turnaround but of course now comes the stiffest test of all texas and while the cowboys don't they don't really match up with the longhorns texas stuffs the run osu lives by the run the Cowboys sort of have Texas's number. They're nine and four in the last thirteen years against Texas. And when we asked, uh, you know, Mike Gundy, how are you going to run the ball? How are you going to block these guys? He said, "We're going to block them. That's what we're going. That's our plan is to block." He said, "Nothing's different. It's not like it's not like we've been having the superior talent for these thirteen years. Texas has the superior talent in this game. They've always had the superior talent. We've just found ways to win." So they got to do that Saturday in Jerry World. They got to find a way to win. Barry, I thought Mike Gundy had a bit of a Les Miles moment. Uh, maybe a couple Les Miles moments. Yeah. I know what you're going to say. I, so I know what you're going to say. After, after the game on Saturday, uh, you know, he was talking about Texas. He got asked about Texas, how good they are. And he rattles off all these things. He's been very complimentary of the Longhorns, as you'd expect uh, from a team that's, you know, been ranked towards the top of the rankings for the college football playoff. 11 and one, all the things. But then he says just very shortly and stops talking after he says it, but I like my team. Uh, so that's classic Les Miles. I like my team. I like its resolve. <laughs> Gundy only went halfway. He didn't give us the resolve, but that's what he means, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, it's a team with a lot of resolve. Well, I and, mean, and you, you bring up a great point too about, you know, he was asked about Texas defensive linemen, especially their defensive tackles. You know, those guys are really, really good. But he said they've been really, really good. He said they've always had defensive ends that were 25 or 30 pounds every. They've always had defensive tackles that were, looked like they were SEC defensive linemen, essentially, you know, had that physical makeup. And he said, you know, we can double team them. We can, you know, we can do some things or we can just block them. And I thought, there yep. comes Les Miles again, ladies and yep. gentlemen. That's right. You know, and uh, this game is actually a fabulous uh, comparison 
between the two leagues. A lot of talk about the SEC with Texas and OU headed over there. And what's the difference in the leagues? You know, OSU's just as fast as Texas. Now, sometimes they'll have a world-class sprinter in burnt orange. But OSU's got a lot of speed, always has. But they're just bigger. They got 20 pounds, you know, in, in the interior line and maybe 15 pounds with the defensive ends and those kinds of things. And uh, Chris Del Conte, the Texas athletic director, he told me earlier in the year when they decided to go to the SEC, they got together, he and Steve Sarkeesian, and figured out what they needed the most was to get bigger. So here leading up into the – they've always been bigger than OSU, but leading up uh, into this final year, they got even bigger. So uh, they're pretty close to SEC ready physically in their minds. I think they probably were anyway. But they, the size disadvantage probably is uh, more pronounced this year than ever before with an OSU-Texas game. Yeah. Doesn't mean the Cowboys can't win. They've overcome that size disadvantage before. Yeah. You know, and one guy that I think OSU likes its, its size that it brings into the game is Ollie Gordon. Had another gigantic game against BYU. Five touchdowns, tying a school record, tying Barry Sanders, tying Terry Miller. No other Cowboy uh, ball carries have ever had five touchdowns in a game. So another Ollie with the greats moment. So it begs the question, Barry, what, what's coming this guy's way as far as awards? I, I don't think he's in the Heisman conversation at this point. But what else? What's on the, what's on the docket? What, what, what's to come for Ollie Gordon as far as his December travels as it relates to award shows? Well, I think there's two things. There's two big carrots out there for Ollie Gordon. One is Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year. I think he'll get it. I guess the only real competition would be Dylan Gabriel, the Oklahoma quarterback. I don't know who else would be uh, in line for that right now. So, but I think I think that's Gordon's to win, and uh, comes out Wednesday afternoon. I think we hear about that. So, Correct. I like Ollie Gordon's chances to win that. Uh, the other one's the Doak Walker Award, which goes to the nation's outstanding tailback, and um, he's one of the three finalists. Omario Hampton from North Carolina, plus the kid at Missouri, who's a uh, a transfer from Division Two, which is a great story. But uh, I think Ollie is probably the favorite to win that. Now, our friend Marshall Scott pointed out Ollie's statistics are not as robust as Chuba Hubbard's were in 2019, and Chuba did not win the Doak the Walker Award. So sometimes it can go sideways on you. But I think uh, Ollie Gordon's getting a lot of good national pub. He's, uh, you know, a lot of the national podcasters, national writers, they've been, they've been identifying Ali is a difference maker and a, and a very valuable player. And everybody seems to have clued in on his importance to this, this, uh, this OSU squad. Um, Big 12 Radio's Gabe Eichard, who's a Sooner loyalist, part of the OU radio crew, he tweeted the other day, hey, there's nobody more important to their team than Ollie Gordon has been this season. And, and that's true. Think about it. I mean, no. they're just sort of, sort of scuffling around for three games with Ollie Gordon not getting you know, much uh, status or carries. And all of a sudden they say, well, this is, uh, you carry us, Ollie, and carry the Cowboys he has. Yeah. And truthfully, I think he has, you know, I think Chuba Hubbard got a lot of buzz, but I think Ollie Gordon's got those highlights, Barry. I mean, that last touchdown against BYU, he takes flight. 
It's his own Superman moment, if you will. He actually called uh, Barry Sanders Superman after the game, sort of uh, you know, alluded to, to his, uh, his status among Cowboys fans, of course, with his Heisman and all of that. But the way he leapt from the two-yard line, put himself airborne to score, there are those types of plays that catch people's eye. I mean, let's be honest. When he goes cross-country and scores from 60, 70, 80 yards out, that sort of thing catches people's attention. And then if you go look at the statistics, he leads the country in overall rushing yards. He leads the country in average rushing yards per game. And that's with three non-conference games that he was absolutely underutilized and hardly had any rushing yards at all. So for him to be top, you know, at the top of those two, then he's, I believe, second in rushing touchdowns. He's at 20, uh, 22 is the top mark. So with those five, he catapults up towards the top in that. And he's top 10 yards per carry as well. So unbelievable stats, highlights, importance. I mean, anything you want to go down the list and say, this is why Ollie Gordon should be at the top of ballots for these awards. I think you got to put him there. And Barry, I don't know where, uh, like the Doak Walker voting, uh, where that stands or how much they'll factor in these championship games. But this matchup between Ollie Gordon and the Texas run defense is going to be a heavyweight bout because Texas ranks fourth in the country and allowing less than 100 yards a game. They allow less than three yards a rush. Ollie Gordon rushes over six yards every time he carries the ball. This is a battle, battle royale, and I cannot wait to see how it turns out on Saturday. I think Ollie's going to have to use a little different tact than he did Saturday night. You know, he never, he didn't hit any home runs against uh, BYU. I think he had a 23-yard gain or 22-yard gain on the first carry. Didn't, didn't have another run that big. Just uh, good, solid chunks uh, throughout the game. I think he's going to have to hit some home runs because Texas is going to, they're going to plug a lot of gaps, and he's going to have a lot of zero and one-yard gains uh, against the Horns. He's going to have to hit some 40-yarders, some 60-yarders for Oklahoma State to be successful. But he's capable of breaking it, getting outside. He's hard to catch. He's hard to corral in the open field. So a couple of big gainers could propel Ollie to the kind of kind of a game that he needs and OSU needs to beat the Longhorns. Yeah, and a guy that could help Ollie to get some of those big gainers is Alan Bowman. A good night or good day. So that game kicks off at 11. So good morning and a good afternoon by Alan Bowman could be huge to what Ollie Gordon's able to do. Mike Gundy saying the other day, we're much better when we're a balanced offense. So Alan Bowman's importance in this Big 12 game. But then, Barry, let's talk long-term about Alan Bowman as well because it sounds like he could petition for a seventh year of college football. His, uh, his journey to this point has been uh, well-established uh, after Texas Tech, Michigan, now Oklahoma State. But if he would do that, if he would be granted that, and he, if he would come back, is that good for Oklahoma State to have Alan Bowman back for another year? Well, I have to say yes. Um, Alan Bowman is a good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. He's played well at times, not so well at times. But you can never have enough quarterback depth. If you go back to last year, Spencer Sanders gets hurt. Cowboys really didn't have anything. The season collapses. Bowman has uh, has gotten the Cowboys to the Big 12 championship game. Here are some things we don't know. We don't know what OSU 
coaching staff thinks of Zane Flores, the uh, the red-shirting freshman from uh, Nebraska? Do they see him as the quarterback of the future? Would Bowman returning sort of uh, clog up that development? I don't know. Uh, what's Garrett Rangel's future in the eyes of the coaches? I don't know. They've been supportive, uh, but who knows? But in general, you can't have enough quarterbacks. In no. general, if you've got a good quarterback, if you've got a quarterback that's won a bunch of Big 12 games, which Bowman did at Tech, you know, 47 years ago, and which he's <laughs> done this this uh, last two months, October and November, you know, if, if OSU goes into uh, 2024 with Alan Bowman as their quarterback, that's not a bad thing. They would have the experience edge on everybody. Um, they would have uh, more time in this offense. You know, this is a somewhat new offense. They sort of shifted gears in late September. So I like, uh, I, I like Bowman as a quarterback, and I think if he came back, uh, that would be good for Oklahoma State. Yeah, I think for Oklahoma State it would be good. Now I do I do think if they if they like Zane Flores or they like Garrett Rangel or whoever, I think next year figuring out a way I don't listen, I'm not here to ask for another three quarterback platoon. That is not what I'm about to do, Barry I Trammell. Think you just did. I think you just did. I think you just did. <laughs> Mike Gundy no. cannot win. I you know, Gundy can be kooky. But sometimes he probably sits down and says, what do people want? I rotate quarterbacks. They say, don't rotate. So I don't rotate. Now they're saying rotate. Uh, you, you can't win. You cannot win. Okay. I, again, I'm not advocating the three quarterback rotation, but I do think there might be a way to get whoever that quarterback you feel like is the next to get him some meaningful snaps, develop a package. I don't know. Uh, maybe one of these guys, Rangel has shown some elusiveness. If he's the guy, maybe it's a uh, short yardage package or uh, some sort of goal line package. If he's a runner, because Bowman, not really his strength down at the goal line. So if you had more of a fleet footed quarterback, you could put in there a la J.W. Walsh back in the day. I think that would be good to get that next quarterback some experience. So you're not going into 25 with a with an unknown, you know, multiple unknowns at quarterback. So I like the idea that Bowman could return because I'm with you, Barry. There's not enough good experienced quarterbacks that stay put. You know, guys are moving around so much. If you can keep this guy who clearly is enjoying being a cowboy, being at OSU, he wears the jerseys. You're writing a little bit about that. Um, you know, all of those things, he just seems to be embracing this opportunity uh, in these final days, whether it's this year or next year of his, of his college career. And it's been to the Cowboys benefit. They've got a good quarterback who, you know, is doing enough to get this offense powered by Ollie Gordon you know, over the finish line to the Big 12 championship game. So that to me is important. But then I would say, figure out a way to get that next guy some meaningful snaps, not just garbage time, not just bad non-conference opponent. Get him in games where it actually matters. Yeah, and, and of course, you know, we're surmising that, that Bowman could be back. For all we know, he's decided, he, and he, he hasn't committed. He said, I, you know, those are things I haven't thought about or committed to. For all we know, the Cowboys will be, We'll be uh, marching with a new quarterback in 24. We just don't know. But, um, but clearly, quarterback depth is a big thing. Just look at the Big 12 this year. Virtually every team has dealt with it. Uh, Kansas, the, uh, the uh, Baylor, Tech, Kansas State, Kansas State, TCU, 
Um, Only maybe, you know, Gabriel missed half a game for the Sooners. Garrett Green at West Virginia has been pretty, pretty reliable. BYU, Keaton Slovis hurt. John Reese Plumley, maybe the second best quarterback in the league. He misses several games. Quarterback injuries seem to be piling up in the Big 12. They certainly did this year. You can't have enough quarterbacks. No doubt about it. Hey, let's talk defense for a second before we uh, talk about OSU's bowl projections. Defense held up again. I mentioned how they turned it on in the second half against BYU. Six consecutive punts, four three and outs. Brian Nardos, this is still year one for his his reign as the uh, OSU defensive coordinator. What is the the prognosis at this point now, almost a full year into Brian Nardo leading this defense? I'm fairly impressed. You know, I I go back to last December when the uh, portal losses started piling up on OSU with losing uh, Thomas Harper and Trace Ford and Mason Cobb. And with each one, you thought, ooh, that hurts. Then you get to Jabbar Muhammad. He goes to Washington, and you say, oh, no. this I mean, Jabbar Muhammad is a big-time corner, yeah. and they just keep losing quality players. And I thought, this does not bode well. And it hasn't bode well. You can't lose players like that and, and, and thrive or right. easily replace them. But I do think Brian Nardo has put together a really solid defense in year one. Uh, they're, they're young in the secondary. They've gotten burned. The linebackers have played great. The uh, defensive line has held steady. Uh, OSU, I think, I'd rank OSU's defense. I think my efficiency ratings have them fifth out of 14 teams. For a rebuilt defense, I think that's excellent. I think I think future's bright. Dare I say it, it seems to me that the Cowboys are building different players, different coordinators, different philosophies. They're building a defensive culture, and that's that's a pretty good thing to build. So salute to Bernardo. I think he's done a very good job. Gave, gave this football team a chance to win by playing relatively solid defense. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned the young guys, and that's true. And think about the guys that have really stepped up. A guy like Nick Martin, I'm writing about him a little bit later this week. He's just a guy when the season starts. He's not expected to start. He's probably expected to play some to spell a guy like Justin Wright or Xavier Benson or whoever. Instead, Justin Wright gets hurt. Now Nick Martin's in the running for Defensive Player of the Year in the conference. That's a credit to Nick Martin, but it's also a credit to Brian Nardo, his assistance, his scheme. I think it's been really impressive what they've been able to do with young guys, with guys that maybe weren't expected to play a big role, and then the way that they've been able to adjust not only throughout the season, but throughout games. They've figured out you know, whether that's the players with the ability, which some credit has to go to them, of course, but then the coaches have to have a way to communicate, here's what we got to change, here's how we're going to change it, now go out and do it, and those guys have. To me, that's impressive for a first-year defense and a first-year Power 5 defensive coordinator to be able to communicate that and affect games that way. I think that's huge for Brian Nardo. I think it's been huge for the Cowboys. They don't get to the Big 12 title game without some of that. So, uh, yeah, you said it. Hats off, tip of the cap, all that to Brian Nardo and his defense. All right, before we get out of here, Barry, lastly but not leastly, we don't know what's going to happen on Saturday. Cowboys could win, head off to, like you said, could be the Cotton Bowl, could be the Fiesta Bowl. If they lose, what's the OSU Bowl outlook look like? What are your thoughts on where the Cowboys could be headed later in December? 
I think, well, I think it's, if they lose to Texas, I think it's one of two places. I think it's Houston or Orlando. There's a couple of things that bowls like about this OSU team. One, with all the coaching changes that people go through, not that we've seen a lot in the Big 12, but they like coaching stability. They don't want to, they don't want to school with a, with a uh, transition coach, an interim coach, and they like big name coaches that, that can maybe sort of move the market, move the needle a little in the market. Mike Gundy qualifies, been around forever, has a certain shtick. People are sort of intrigued by Mike Gundy. And I think Ollie Gordon's uh, emergence as a, as a star is something they could sell. So I think it'll either be Orlando, which is now called the Pop-Tart Bowl, probably against Notre Dame. How about I'm so Notre- excited. If they go to the Pop-Tart, Pop-Tart Bowl. You like Pop-Tarts? Love them. What's your favorite kind? Strawberry with the icing on it. We've got to have the icing. No, it's not a pop tart. It's just, just I think they trash s- without the icing. They but sell them without the icing. Who eats do. them without the icing? I don't know. I don't I, know. I, I tried some when I was eight, and I thought these are pretty good. And then I tried some with icing, and I said, "What's this other stuff? Get rid of this other <laughs> stuff." And that's what America. I don't understand. But uh, the pop tart bowl. You know, I, I prefer more regal names. But what are you going to do? Uh, but I think that might be at Notre, uh, Notre Dame. Uh, could be an Oklahoma State Notre Dame game in Orlando. That would be a cool matchup. And down in Houston, you know, whoever the SEC sends over there, they'd probably be, I don't know, um, a Texas A and M type. Uh, I doubt it's Tennessee. Um, uh, so maybe Missouri. Now Missouri's going to the going to the New Year's Six. So it, you don't know who will be there. But um, uh, if you, if you want a marquee, glor- uh, sort of a glorious type matchup. Hope for Orlando and Notre Dame. If you're trying to get someplace easier, you'll want to go Houston. Although you can probably get to Orlando quicker than Houston driving because uh, it's six hours to Houston, six and a half hours to Houston, and then you hit traffic and you're still stuck where you were for three hours. So it's all about the same. Except going to Orlando during the holidays, you're fighting every international traveler that wants to go to Disney. So it's a challenge either way. And, you know, I think it's, I think both could be good uh, setups for the Cowboys. Obviously, if it's a Notre Dame matchup, that's a huge marquee matchup. We saw them in the festival a couple of years ago, not nearly to that level, but still, you don't get to play Notre Dame every day. That'd be big. And then I think anytime the Cowboys can play in Texas, I mean, remember, they didn't get sent to the state of Texas but one time this year. So if they get a chance to go back to the Lone Star State, a place where they've got a lot of players, where they recruit a bunch, where they've got a bunch of fans, I don't think they'd be crying about that either because it would give them a chance to sort of plug in to that uh, that alumni base. Yeah. Now, here's what's ironic about these two bowls. They've been to both of those cities. This very month, the That's month of true. November, been to Houston, been to Orlando. I guess the bowl committees could say, oh, they don't want to come back and OSU could fall to Memphis, go to the Liberty Bowl. I don't expect that to happen, but that is a factor. It's a little bit of irony. Cowboys could be uh, returning to a bowl site that they played in just a couple of three weeks ago. I have a feeling that that Ollie Gordon character might sway some bowl committees to, to get the Cowboys to come to them. So I think, I don't think they fall to Memphis. I think he's too much of a draw. I think Oklahoma state's too much of a draw, but we will see. Just beat Texas. You're headed to, uh, you're headed to uh, the Fiesta bowl or the cotton bowl back to the city in which you just played. So, uh, you know, 75% chance that the Cowboys are about to uh, make a return trip somewhere that they've just been. 
Before we find out where the Cowboys are headed, bowling on Sunday. We got a big game to cover on Saturday, Big 12 title game. We'll have all your coverage. But that's all the time we've got this week for the Jenny and Barry Show. Remember, again, Big 12 title game, 11, 11 or 11.30 on Saturday, 11 Barry? 11 a.m. 11 a.m. Okay. There you go. Saturday at Jerry World. Our sellout crowd team will be in Arlington in force. Plus, we'll have all sorts of Cowboy content this week at selloutcrowd.com. This happens to be your first time hearing or watching us. Be sure to subscribe to our show on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. And if you like what you hear, please leave a review. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.